Hey, what's up? Uh, what's going on? Welcome back to the All American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. It is a beautiful, beautiful day here down in Alabama. And I am joined by, you know him, as the family guy guy. <laughs> Brian Griffin joins me, the DeSantis press secretary. I know you're a very busy man. Thank you for coming on the show today. I greatly appreciate it. Glad to do it. Looks like we've got an air raid siren going on while we're filming this. Yeah, as soon as we start the stream, <laughs> that siren starts going off. So it's like perfect. I'm glad to do it. What's, yeah. what's on your mind, John? Okay, first and foremost, right off the bat, you're coming off of a very heated debate with Gavin Newsom. We saw a side of Ron DeSantis that I think, by and large, a lot of the Twitter community loved to see that side of him just going after Newsom. Yeah. Um, are we going to see, I think this is the biggest question that we have on a lot of people's minds, are we going to see that same Ron DeSantis tonight in the debates going against Nikki Haley, Vivek, and all the rest of them? Absolutely. I mean, and how, how great was that debate against Gavin Newsom? Ron DeSantis was the champion of everyone who was sick of the left elite who are running this country into the ground, who are causing cities to collapse and streets to be unsafe. He was the champion of all the voices of people who wanted to put it right to their face and say, you're lying to us. Yeah. You're willfully destroying this country. Yeah. Here's the facts. And then here's what I'm going to do to stop you. And he will stop them when he's the nominee. So absolutely, he'll be it'll be that same Ron DeSantis tonight. It, it, it's one of those things that I always ask myself. They knew that Newsom, there was no way. And I'm talking about the DNC because I still think Newsom's going to be the one they run. There was no way they thought that that was going to be any kind of positive outcome because Newsom came with no facts. He had no facts. He's got no facts on his side. Yeah. Right. So it's got to be all spin for the left. It's just like the White House, though. Yeah. Right. The White House will put these figures out there and paint this picture that everything is great yeah. and you shouldn't believe your own bank account or your own lying eyes. Yeah. All they can do is lie to people because their record is so abysmal, because there are so many problems in this country that the left does not want to fix. Yeah. You know what the solution to that is? Somebody, as our nominee, to go up against the left in the general who proactively takes ground from the left, wants to fix problems, and does not care if the media or the establishment like him. And there is one person in this race that can do that, Ron DeSantis. I have noticed that he doesn't go and spar with the media. It's just, I, I saw Casey DeSantis do this thing where she talked about that he doesn't care what they think. He's not going to engage in a back and forth. I actually like hearing that because I want someone that's focused to the issues. I want someone that's focused on the policy. I don't care what the likes I've seen or even Fox have to say, quite honestly. I want a leader that's actually go out there and represent the people and say, look, yeah. this is what we're doing for yeah. the people. And I've seen that. Tell me about what Ron has actually accomplished in Florida and how he can take that to the national stage. Well, first on the media, because I think that's worth just a moment of time. He, he spars with them, but he doesn't play their games, yeah. right? He yeah. doesn't let them force him into the narrative that they want to have him focused on, the narrative that they want to have the country focused on. He talks about, you know, issues and his accomplishments and conservatism, and he goes 10 layers deep because he's a 10 layers deep guy. Yeah. What has he been able to do in Florida? Proactively safeguard liberties, um, go after uh, the left in our institutions, rip them out of our institutions, reclaim things for sanity, uh, for common, you know, hardworking people. He has uh, made enormous strides in education. Obviously, yeah. he has championed the ability for parents a lot of mothers to love be involved yeah. yes, in their child's education, which is critical, which is a fundamental right of a parent. Um, he has gone after things where the left is saying, oh, you know, don't this is a conspiracy theory that you're even talking about. It's like, <laughs> no. like central bank it's digital currencies. It's literally right there. Yeah, yeah. So central bank digital currencies, making all of our uh, money digitized. Yep. That's all about control. Mm -hmm. And when Ron DeSantis decided to champion legislation on this in the last session so that 
the Florida Uniform Commercial Code would not recognize any federal yeah. CBDC. The media were beside themselves saying, oh, this this is not actually a threat. No one wants to do this. You're just making this up. One and has to look at what Trudeau did to the truckers during the protest, how he froze the bank exactly. accounts. So if you're telling me there's a federal currency, you're telling me the government would not overreach. And if they found you to be delinquent on taxes, whatever the case, or not even supporting the current thing. They couldn't potentially fiscally go after. Or what about a Chinese-style social credit system? I mean, yeah. we already know that the government wanted to do that with COVID, right? Yeah. They wanted. They said, yeah. uh, "We're going to have a society where you won't be able to participate if you haven't yeah. X, Y, or Z during COVID." Got in the jab. That's exactly what CBDC is setting things up to do. Mm -hmm. So again, DeSantis is a man who proactively goes out out of his way to safeguard and protect liberty. He's going to do that as our president. That's why it's so critical that we nominate him. Mm -hmm. Give me some takeaways that y'all as a as a team, as a campaign, have learned in, say, the last three debates. What are some things that we're going to see different now from Ron DeSantis on the debate stage tonight? Well, I think I think he's going to bring that same fire that he had. Oh, bro, I'm, I'm hoping he does. There's a lot of people in the crowd loving how he just he, he blasted Good. Newsom. Look, the debate stage is shrinking. I think mm -hmm. when you have so many people on the stage, it's hard to have a, a substantive conversation. Yeah. He was able to deliver his record and his points very well in the last yeah. three debates. And in fact, I'd argue that he won the last three debates mm -hmm. and a lot of polls and things after those debates said that. Mm -hmm. But tonight he's going to be able to have more time, I think, on each person. Mm -hmm. um, I think he'll certainly, you know, bring up uh, not not only to stand on his record, but bring up the record of others on the stage. And I think he'll probably talk about, you know, how Nikki Haley seems to have all of the establishment <laughs> lining up behind her. Yeah, and we just saw that with this big, you know, liberal Democrat billionaire yep. who is now behind her. She's the the Wall You see that clip candidate. circulating now about her saying that she wants to keep the law out of schools as far as schools wanting to push the trans agenda on children. She said that leave that up to the parents. It's not the law's responsibility, but the same parents that go to these school board meetings are labeled domestic terrorists by three-letter organizations like the FBI. And it's like, yeah. well, parents are doing their best, but now you've got federal involvement trying to prosecute these people. So it's like, of course, these schools that are state-funded, might I add, it's, the parents should have every right to go in there and say, this is not what I want for my to children. To be completely disqualified. And DeSantis has done a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You cannot mutilate children in Florida. Thank you, Ron I DeSantis. can't even believe this is 2023, and we even have to have this conversation. It's unacceptable. And it's so anyone, anyone who is not clear on that position is, should be disqualified right. from being a legitimate contender for not only the Republican nomination, mm -hmm. but, of course, leadership in this country. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to try and spin this, because it's interesting to see, like, how the— about 24 to 48 hours prior to some of these debates, you'll see a lot of these campaigns release their their strategic hit pieces. And it gives the other side like a brief, brief amount of time to start scrambling to run a defense. <laughs> yeah. With Nikki Haley, it's just you're looking at this like this is neocon. I honestly feel like her her campaign slogan should be Nikki Haley 2024. I'm a draft your ass. That's that should be the campaign. It's slogan. bizarre of a position is it to say there shouldn't you know be the ability for people to be anonymous on social media that she wants people to register uh, with the government. There was this great piece. It was a Gazette, and I think it was authored by uh, a very anonymous source back in the colonial days. I think his name was Benjamin Franklin. They wrote from uh, you know mysterious positions because why? They knew that they would be hunted down and murdered, but the freedom has to be, the idea has to be planted in the people's minds. So to sit there and say something yeah. like, you know, there should be a no anonymous accounts, I think that's a very out of touch positioning well, to have. And I'll tell you this, we have seen, especially during COVID, that the entire apparatus mm. of the government, of Hollywood, yeah. of uh, corporations, of the medical establishment will work together to censor people, to cancer yeah. people, and to do whatever they have to oh, basically yeah. control the way that society works. Absolutely. So not only do we need somebody in this to nominate somebody who has done well in that test, and yeah. Ron DeSantis, hands down, led us through COVID the best. Arguably, he paved the way 
uh, for all of this uh, narrative to be torn down yeah. and for freedom to prevail. Um, but who do you want in the White House the next time something like that happens? Yeah. Because this, you know, they're they're going to do something like that again. Oh yeah. So he is tested there. It was probably the greatest test of leadership of our uh, of our era, and he passed. That's why we can count on him to get I us will through say, whatever happens. Next. I see a lot of the opposition talking about how, and it's it's very slimy how these politics are. It's just that. Ron DeSantis is one of the very few people that once the lockdowns occurred, they reversed course. It's like, look, I understand how opposition is going to take that and say, well, you locked the country down. Well, number one, the president at the time also supported that, endorsed it. Trump but was writing one letters. Thing, but, you the know, one thing I can respect about DeSantis down. is that he said, wait a minute, we're, we're going to reverse course on this. That's fine with me. As long as a leader can say, I made a mistake, we're going back. Fair enough, because I feel like people seem to think that you've got to get it right the first time, which that's what we do want. I, I will concede to that fact. But when you've got someone that will stand there and say, look, I'm tired of listening to the federal science yeah. that you can't even debate. What my people here in Florida are saying is something completely, completely different. And then you see these comparisons of Cuomo handling it better than the, it's just it's appalling. It's unbelievable. To me. The facts are not there. So one of the great things about Ron DeSantis is he does that. Um, he puts good people around him. Mm -hmm. He listens to them and he reviews data and yeah. he was reviewing data during COVID. And as yeah. soon as he saw that things weren't lining up, he started uh, bucking the trend that was being pushed down from the White House, the Trump White House, from Fauci, from yeah. the medical establishment, all of this. And yeah. then but of course, you know, it, it, the, the localities also were pushing all of these lockdowns and mass yeah. mandates. So he didn't just say, OK, I'm not going to be involved. He said, I am going yeah. to go out of my way yeah. to make sure that through all the powers that I have yeah. in the state of Florida Constitution, I'm protecting people. I'm keeping localities from um, oppressing people during covid. I'm not letting ma mask mandates happen or vaccine yeah. mandates. And he, he, again, he proactively safeguarded liberty and yeah. led us through that. Let's talk about the wall. That's a very pressing issue. I mean, I live in Texas. I'm over by Dallas. And, you know, we're seeing four to 6,000 illegals coming across. Yeah. We're seeing, uh, and this is one question I did want to ask the governor in regards to a lot of the VA systems around there are now overburdened and overloaded with illegal immigrants receiving medical treatment before, before this nation's veterans. That's a massive slap in the face sure. to the men and women that have fought, bled, given so much for this country. Where does DeSantis stand on the wall? What's he going to do about this, this invasion that we have at the southern border? It is a tough issue for him. Day one, he declares it a national emergency. He is going to shut down the border uh, with every power that he has on day one. He's going to send uh, the military out there to make sure that it's you know, uh, guarded. And then he is going to build the wall. And he is going to treat the Mexican drug cartels like the foreign, you know, uh, entity, um, adversarial entity that they are. He is going to engage them with deadly force, if need be, to mm -hmm. stop them from cutting through this wall, uh, from bringing drugs in, from human trafficking. He is going to take this extremely seriously. And he says something I think is really important. He, he says on the campaign trail, my entire adult life, this has been an issue. And we've yeah. had Republican presidents in the mm -hmm. last several cycles, obviously recently. From 2016 to 2018, we had full control something. and did nothing. So nothing, it's, yeah. it, and, and that's just unacceptable. This is America. We can do big things. We can accomplish whatever we need to. We can build a wall across our southern border. You need to have someone in the White House that has the intestinal fortitude to get it done, mm -hmm. who is relentless about achieving success and who does not care about the entities in D.C. liking them. That is Ron DeSantis. Let's talk about Iowa. You, 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 you <laughs> I'm surprised you've got energy right now. You guys <laughs> are put through the ringer. Yeah. 
Like y'all, you said before the show, it's like it's like planning a wedding every day. Logistically, <laughs> that's what it about uh, comes out to. Yeah, we're doing six, seven, eight stops a day. Yeah. We just completed the full Grassley, which is a stop in every single one of Iowa's ninety-nine counties. You've got you've got the governor's endorsement. Got Kim Reynolds, you got, uh, which is you got, big. It's the first time that a sitting Iowa like governor's like endorsed and a nominated and yeah. a contested nomination Republican yeah. primary in since nineteen ninety-six. Bob Vanderplas. Bob Vanderplas. Yep. We got Steve Steven. Dace. Yep. We've got forty-two state legislators. Steve Dace, if you're watching, I want you on the show. I'm totally going to push that. I don't care. I think Steve Dace, yeah. 26 Iowa sheriffs, 100 faith leaders. I mean, yeah. we have the groundwork in place to win Iowa. We're going to utilize that to catapult uh, and, you know, to, to kind of win the rest of the Iowa caucus is in early January. Is that going to give us an indicator, in your opinion, on where DeSanta stands after that? Absolutely. Because if he can that, pull Iowa, that's like the cut on Ivan Drago that is Trump. It's like, now it's a ball game. That's right. We're going to win Iowa. I think it's going to make things a whole lot different in this race. It's going to propel us into the other, other uh, early states. Yeah. And our ground game is going to translate in the caucus. Mm -hmm. What's the plan for New Hampshire? Because after this, I'm sure you're heading right back up there, right? We're going to be in New Hampshire and South Carolina between now and uh, obviously those primaries, but also between now and the caucus. We're not, you know, this is not just all. Uh, every single day, and I will spend a lot of time, probably most of our time in Iowa, but we will be in those early states. We're going to have, we're going to bring the same infrastructure, the same comprehensive ground game, mm -hmm. unmatched, by the way, in this uh, nomination um, to those other early states and make sure that we put the work into win. And, you know, I'll tell you this, the work ethic that Ron DeSantis have, has is unmatched. Yeah. I can't he even put imagine that work being ethic him, yeah. in As governor of Florida, he's going to put the same, he has, yeah. and he will continue to put the same work ethic in, in this campaign. Yeah. I've also seen the Q3 reports from the DeSantis Foundation, the DeSantis campaign fundraising, and you've got so many um, single donors. Like, I don't care about mega donors. People, yeah. you know, Nikki Haley, we talked about prior to this, Nikki Haley's got a massive liberal uh, mega donor, I think 250000 he donated. Um, yeah. But when you look at Ron DeSantis, you see a, a very definition of a grassroots movement. Uh, I have on Twitter spaces. Twitter spaces also, I, I, I saw the questions asked on my Twitter post. One of them said, can you get the governor involved in one of the Twitter spaces for his supporters? There's a lot of people out there. I'm pretty Reese, glad to. Uh, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Cool and all the rest of them, they love DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, Gene Church, they rally for him. Every day on Twitter. These guys are every day trying to pump up the base. Let it's me incredible. take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone who's been yeah. supporting they deserve us on it. Twitter. These, these it people is do fantastic. Yeah. So thank you so much. Sincerely, we appreciate you. A lot of my team has been going on some of those spaces. I'll be going on a they space do. later today. Like, yep, it's it's so one. awesome to see an actual campaign get involved with the people that support them because it's like, look, we're listening. Yes. I love that. It sends a very good message. That reflects his support. Uh, real people on the ground, voters who have things that matter to them, people who are invested in this for the right reasons are the people who are back in this campaign. Mm -hmm. All the palace intrigue, all of the horse race stuff that the media loves to focus on mm -hmm. is not what voters are focused on. No. And every and I travel with the governor a lot and every single event we go to and we've done hundreds, over 100 in Iowa. Every single one, people come up to us afterwards, his team, and they say, I was here, you know, I started supporting X, Y, or Z, now I'm with DeSantis, because he's the real deal, because he's 10 layers deep on every issue, because he's You're genuine. You're fighting an uphill battle. Even the press, um, a hunting buddy of mine I went with this last weekend, um, you know, we had a conversation. He didn't even know DeSantis was running. He's like, the press doesn't cover hardly at all. Of course. I was like, it's, you are fighting an uphill, like, so, you're fighting the swamp. You're what fighting the monster. You? What does it tell you that all of the media, all of the establishment, all of D.C., basically all of the political talking heads... Mm -hmm. Uh, are, are working against DeSantis. What does yeah. it tell you about him? It there tells you, you that he's the guy Underdog. That, that not only that, but he's the guy who can actually threaten their hold on power. And he said yeah. this the other day. He said that he was in a diner where it was after the uh, Newsom debate. He was like, they fear me because I threaten their hold on power. Yeah. And they should fear me. Oh, 100%. When you see what he got done in Florida, Florida went yep. from a purplish to a bright red. Miami-Dade County, like you flip these places. It's like, it's not flipped by force. It's that it, you look at Argentina, for example, how they've elected Javier. Uh, Millet, and it's kind of like when things get so bad, 
under a socialistic government that you bring in a libertarian for the first time in history. When you bring in a libertarian, it's gotten to the point where even liberals, even Democrats in America are saying, look, the gas pumps are ridiculous. The store prices are yeah, ridiculous. Moms, it. it's, oh my God, working two jobs, it's not enough anymore. So it feels like when you look at these places, these liberal uh, cities in, in Florida, and they're flipping, that tells you it had to have gotten really bad under Biden where it's like, you know what? It's time for Republicans to take a shot at this. Yeah. But the problem that the left, not the problem, but their tactic is they always paint the right as being racist, misogynist, homophobic, everything under the sun. And we're just sitting here going like, I'm so we, not so true. We, we need a candidate that doesn't play into those narratives or yeah. doesn't care about those narratives. That's Ron DeSantis. We need a guy who doesn't care what the media thinks or the establishment thinks and focuses on delivering what yeah. That's Ron DeSantis. We also need a guy who can go over the heads of all of these, these elite, all of this establishment, speak directly to the people and bring them on to his side. That's Ron DeSantis. And here's the proof on that. When he started in Florida as governor, it was a close election. Yeah. And Democrats outnumbered Republicans in Florida. There are now. I do. I do want to push pause on that. The first time was with Trump's endorsement. He won by two points. The second time he ran for reelection. What did he win by without the endorsement? 19 points. And that tells you what? Yeah, it tells you everything you need to know, right? Exactly. He, this, this is what I'm talking about. There are also now, here's the, the figure I wanted to get out, over 600,000 more Republicans yeah. registered in the state of Florida. You don't do that with Democrats. endorsement. You do that through action and policy. Exactly. You get, when you bring, you bring Democrats to your side. And yes. that's what's missing yes. in this country. That's oh what he God, brings. Yeah. I, you're, you're 100% right. I hate, I hate coining this phrase. I'm not quite repeating this phrase because it's cliche. Democrats have said it, but it's like it's time for the adults to be back in charge. I want adults that are not going to get bogged down with debating with the likes of CNN and Jim Acosta. I feel like when you have these bad faith actors, these, these political activists parading as journalists, when you engage with them so much, it feels like you're taking away from the points that should be focused on. I see that with the Santa. It's state. not just engaging with them because to some degree you do have to engage with the media. They you got to counter events. the points. To, yeah, to it's, do you care if they like you? Yeah. Do you care if they're spinning these narratives? Are you trying to rebut their narratives or are you focused on what people care about mm -hmm. and you're delivering on those issues? Mm -hmm. Nobody in, in right now, I think, in American leadership recognizes just how um, much our American institutions have been completely taken over yeah. by the left yeah. and is, is more laser focused on reclaiming those than Ron DeSantis. That translates with people. Did you see the the Harvard? Um, it was Harvard, MIT, and who was a third? They sure was, did. And they couldn't even say they that couldn't even say the genocide of the Jewish people yeah. was uh, violating the code of conduct. I mean, it, it, yeah. like these campuses are totally anathema to to logic and reason. That's not what a university campus should be. So you better have somebody who's willing to call that out. And he has. And do something about it. He, he certainly has. has. And you can look down at New College in Florida where he said, you know what, this has become ridiculous. This has just become a, a total ideological, yeah. you know, um, driven institution. We're going to clean house. We're going to put conservatives in there. We're going to get focused back on the basics of education and provide a world-class education. Brian, is there anything else you like? Because I know you're a busy man. I know you got stuff to take care of. Is there anything else you wanted to cover while you're here? Because I know you got to take off. I just appreciate this. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to say thank you to all of our supporters online. We appreciate everything that, you know, Rumble does and all. Oh, yeah, You've Rumble's been active proven. online, too. So thanks for that. Oh, dude, I trigger makes it. Right. I love it. <laughs> I love doing it. It it's makes so much a big fun. difference. We're going to win this thing. Ron DeSantis is someone that you can count on, that you can be proud of, and who will relentlessly put wins on the board. Brother, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks God bless me. you and yeah. best of luck. I'll, I'll talk to you later at the debate. Okay. I'm excited to see you there. Good. Should be a good bloodbath tonight. It's I hope this hits clocks him. He will. We're ready for it. There it is, folks. This is the All-American. Oh, we're going to keep going, bro. If you got to take okay. off, yeah, you're awesome. good to go. So anyway, Thanks, uh, <laughs> Brian Griffin, appreciate you, my man. So uh, real quick, um, which camera are we looking at right now? This one? We got Sheila coming up next. So 
Uh, if you're watching, thanks for coming on the show. Today and today only at ShellshockCBD.com, we have code RUMBLE. It's going to save you 20% off of your orders. If you've not done it, go check it out. Again, this is a quality, high-brand, Colombian, uncut, bam-bam CBD. No, not really. But no, seriously, Delta 8, Delta 9, you should go check it out. It's a great company. I own it. Uh, American-made. And next, we have a wonderful guest. This is my lovely, esteemed girlfriend joining us on the stage, Sheila. Uh, you got to talk to the microphone. There we go. Go ahead and pull it up closer to you. So we traveled out here to Alabama. Big thank you to the Rumble crew. Thank you guys for doing what you do over there. God bless you. And all, all the Rumble folks out there that have made this such a wonderful experience. It's been, I can tell you firsthand, having been banned on many social media platforms, she can attest to this. I get banned on Instagram all the time. When you're trying to put out this message of truth and liberty and the actual constitutional values that this country once stood for, it's an uphill battle. I've been doing this for six or seven years. Um, I'm thankful for all the support that we get on Rumble. It's nice to finally have a community that says, you can say whatever you want, we're not gonna ban you. Um, and if you if your views are contrary to us, then so be it, that's freedom of speech. We love that and I appreciate that. That being said, tonight's debates, we're excited for this. Yes. Sheila's background, real quick. And I wanted, I wanted to bring Sheila on, because Sheila, you come from a very, um, I mean, your, your, your background is more Democrat. It's more mm -hmm. kind of liberal-esque. And then we met, and you've kind of got thrown into the mix of conservatism, but mixed with constitutionality. Right. What are some things that you've noticed that kind of go black and white to your upbringing versus kind of where we're at now? Um, you can pull it closer if you yeah. need to, baby. So by black and white, do you mean like what? Like comparisons, like some things that you've noticed that maybe you agree with on the left that you don't agree with at the right or right. vice versa. Um, I feel like for. Liberal, I think, would be more for how we. I'm like drawing a blank here, baby. Uh, so I'm it's, sorry. I'm nervous. It's your first, first time. So I'll warm it up. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, chime in. You chime in if you okay. like anything. So tonight's debate, we've got Governor Chris Christie, or ex-Governor Chris Christie. We've got Vivek Ramaswamy. We've got Nikki Haley and Governor Ron DeSantis going at it. Let's talk the first three debates. Number one, let's start with Chris Christie. Chris Christie in the first two debates came out swinging hard. That was a Chris Christie I feel like resonated with a lot of people. But I've said it since day one. Chris Christie is running in contrast to Donald Trump. He is there to do everything he can to go after Trump. There is a massive rift there. Um, some people say it's because Trump didn't give him a position in his administration. Christie says they never offered one or he turned it down, whatever the case. In debate three, though, we saw a different Chris Christie. We saw a Chris Christie that was more mellow. He focused more on policy. Actually, I don't even think he mentioned Trump except like maybe once or twice. I don't remember. Um, but it was not the Chris Christie we'd seen in the first two debates. I actually like that guy. Um, Sheila, God bless her. She'll, she, she, I streamed this at home and I'm in the background just sounding like I'm at a, a football game with Dallas Cowboy minus all the crying because we lose so much. Don't hit hey. me. <laughs> don't hit me. But uh, I hope to see Chris Christie come out tonight swinging. I'm wondering if this is going to be his last debate. We're going to see. Now let's move over to Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy, I feel, was kind of a flash in the pan. First debate, he made a mistake. I called it. You're going to come out as the maverick. You're going to be swinging on every person on that stage. Uh, it was when he debated with the likes of Mike Pence. Now, here's the deal. People can say what they want about individual candidates. Like, I'm no fan of Mike Pence either. But the, the thing that you have to remember is he's old guard. You don't make it to that level of politics. You don't make it to that to the, the vice president by sucking at your job, meaning that man can debate. I don't care for his policies. I don't care for how he stands on this. 
but he can debate. Do not underestimate your opponent. So when I saw Vivek come out there swinging on the likes of Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, uh, primarily them and Chris Christie, what did they do? He created a united effort to go against him on that stage, and they made him look ridiculous. So Vivek has learned from that. In the second debate, we saw him kind of switch course. But instantly in the second debate, what happened? They dogpiled him. Vivek made himself an enemy. He made himself a target. So when you kind of stick to principle like DeSantis did, and I'll give it to him on that when we get to talking about DeSantis, it was really interesting to see how that backfired massively on Vivek. He does say the things that resonate with a lot of the voters. A lot of voters, um, really, they, they do like Vivek, except for the fact that he keeps flipping like three days later on Twitter. I don't know what that's about. He's also dealing with a massive issue, excuse me, right now, uh, podcasts uh, prior to the uh, his bid for presidency coming out saying that he supported a uh, database of COVID vaccination, things like that. It's just very interesting to me how conservatives during the COVID lockdowns talked about how anti-lockdown they were and then all how Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson made record profits. Conservatives like vehemently hate this, but then you've got a big pharma bro that made so much money off of this and suddenly you open your arms and you welcome this guy into your fold like he's just the next thing since sliced bread. It just makes no sense to me. So Vivek tonight, I think he is gonna go after DeSantis hard. Um, I know in Q3, he was running a lot on his own money. We'll see. Um, maybe not. I don't know. But I do think that Vivek's main purpose there is as a Trump surrogate. He is there to try and torpedo DeSantis. But I'm just waiting for when he's going to actually pull the proverbial trigger. He hasn't really went after DeSantis yet. Not so much. I was kind of interested on that one. But tonight might be the night where you see him shift from the likes of Nikki Haley over to Ron DeSantis. If he does that, DeSantis, just like in the Newsom debate, he's got the facts. He's got the proof. Vivek has a record of nothing. And I'm not against that because we saw that with Trump. Trump had no record of nothing. He did phenomenally well. He spoke the language of the people. Vivek does the same thing, but his policy stances, he's very authoritarian leaning. That's why I don't understand why like a lot of libertarian people like this guy. Um, but it is what it is. So, and then Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's campaign is uh, pretty much like, you know, vote for me and I'll draft your ass. Nikki Haley is dealing with some massive blowback right now when she talked about that. Um, like, how do you feel about saying, for example, you should not be able to be anonymous on social media. How does that resonate with you? I think that part of social media is you can have a facade and that you should be able to have other accounts where your name isn't tied to it. Why is that? Because, um... Just from your perspective, yeah. what are the things that you've seen as an internet user, as a social media user, mm -hmm. some things that you've noticed that you need you need an account for? So I can never say this. People recognize you in public. Mm -hmm. So um, you can, it's an alter ego. Mm -hmm. so. Have controversial hot takes. Right. Because I've seen, I mean, my God, you've seen me and the threats I get. But it's like there's a lot of people that their jobs are tied to their social media presence. Right. And for a long time there, even, even to this day, when you come out there and you make some of these, you, you know, these political... Um, Pontifications, if you will, mm -hmm. um, that your job is kind of like, we don't want you working here. We saw that with big tech. We saw right. Google and a lot of them go after a lot of their employees that were more concerned. We saw it massively in Twitter. Remember when Elon bought Twitter yes. and a lot, it was kind of like we saw a massive role reversal because before it was a lot of conservatives were getting hammered on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Elon buys Twitter and suddenly a lot of the liberals just exodus that thing because they're like, well, it's not a safe space anymore. Right. So Nikki Haley takes that stance. How would you feel about voting for somebody like that? I don't think it would be a candidate option for me. You think that would be a disqualifier in and of itself or uh -huh. you need a little bit more? I would need more, but I would say that's a red flag for me. Red flag. Yeah. So that's Nikki Haley. Um, she's also come out and I posted on Twitter. I know you mm -hmm. saw it that Nikki Haley was doing an interview and the question was posed and I'm paraphrasing here that um, how do you feel 
about or should law enforcement get involved with schools and the trans agenda and the uh, the pushing of that through genital mutilation and stuff. And her, her statement was, I think law should stay out of it and it's up to the parents. I think, how does that resonate with you? Um, I don't think the parents really even have a choice anymore. I know that some programs um, say that they won't release information to your parents because it's not a safe um, environment and it can cause discourse within the family. So I know that there are some schools that are kind of hiding it from the parents and telling them other clinics and other resources they can use. So it's like subverting the parental rights and the right. parental role. So when these parents, and I don't know if you knew this or not, and like I said, Sheila's new to politics. She's never, but I love pitching stuff to her because she comes with a very unbiased mind, even though, even though she's with me of all people. But I always, I, I point back to number one, the constitution right. and the Bible. I feel like when you have these two things, Bible and the constitution, it's a great way to kind of live your life to a degree as far as, you know, worshiping who you want and then believing in the ideas of liberty and freedom for all. But when you look at someone like, for example, Nikki Haley, who, who says something like that to that effect, it's a very worrisome thing because we've seen the FBI right. investigate these parents that showed up at these school boards protesting this mm -hmm. and they got lab labeled as domestic terrorists. This is this is not me fabricating. This is not me trying to, you know, uh, inflate this. This is the truth. And these three-letter agencies that were empowered from their created for the likes of, say, J. Edgar Hoover, who launches the FBI that immediately turns around and goes after the likes of Martin Luther King Jr., you saw the weaponization of these three-letter agencies that run contrary to what our founding fathers wanted. They should never have existed to begin with, and that's where the libertarian in me comes out. So when you have someone like Nikki Haley that says the law should stay out of it, well, how far can parents go right. when you protest? And these school board elections don't happen all the time. So when you've got parents that feel like they are trying to turn my child against me, what other, what other method are they supposed to fall back on to say, this needs to stop? Also, it's taxpayer funded. This is your money going into having them turn that kid against you. So are you calling for legal uh, repercussions from the school system? 100%. It's, yeah. it, I okay. think law enforcement should get involved. Mm -hmm. I feel like there should be people that should be arrested. Yeah. I feel like we have gone way too far on a lot of these issues that we have we've far we, we've left the orbit of common sense. Mm -hmm. we've, we've gone so far beyond it that, like I was telling to Brian, it's like we are in 2023 and we're talking about freaking trans and kids literally. And I hate saying this, but it's the truth. Chopping the penises off of six, seven year olds. Mm -hmm. This is not the land of degeneracy. But it's slowly turning into that with these 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 liberal policies and progressive ideologies being put. And I saw AOC talking about how it's it's always a threat to democracy with Democrats, a threat to democracy. That's the that's buzzword. It's like a threat to democracy. But it's really not because if people say we don't want this, not with our taxpayer money. And then you continue to do that. What is expected to happen? So I think people are getting fed up with that. And then that's where Nikki Haley's stance is. I want to see if DeSantis uses that against her tonight. I hope he does. Because uh, she has now been on the side of essentially transing the kids. Right. Even though she could say, I'm not, <laughs> you leave the door open for them to do whatever they want to do. It's like, ah, oh, it's, you know, I don't support it, but I'm going to let them do it. It's like, bro, mm -hmm. that's silence submission. Come on. Right. We know that. Um, so that's Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's been a firebrand, though. I will admit that Nikki Haley is a very good debater. Mm -hmm. She holds her own on that stage. I still don't understand what the ammunition is high heels. I don't get that. I, if somebody can educate me on what rifle or pistol fires high heels, I don't know, but okay. Um, so that's where Nikki Haley stands. And last, but certainly not least, we've got Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, and I'm going to be, I'll be honest with you. I mean, if you follow me for any stretch of time, you know I'm honest. Um, DeSantis in the first three debates, he focused on policy. When it comes to policy debate, he won. When it came to charisma, Vivek. 
I got to say it was Vivek because Vivek was sparring with Nikki Haley in the third debate, and that dominated the headlines because people, they love the bread and circuses of politics. They love the performative politics, and that's the problem as to why we find ourselves in the positions we find ourselves in now, that we've become so hyperfixiated on the most stupid, ridiculous things that do not even matter to policy. And people love this. They eat it up. They want to see the Twitter wars, the likes of Ted Cruz and AOC. I don't care about this. I want policy that supports the idea of liberty. I want lower gas prices. I want cheaper food. I want things that actually were promised to us. But it feels like our elected leaders have not done that. Instead, it's more about campaigning based upon likability to secure their seats in power and maintain those positions. So when you look at uh, what happened with Nikki Haley and Vivek, it's like dominating the headlines. And there's DeSantis saying, look, here's my policies. And it's like, yeah, I agree with them. But everybody wants to focus on the nonsensical ramblings and fightings of the back and forth. But I think that will come to an end as you see more and more drop out. I think Christie, he's on his last leg. And then it's going to come down. And I think Vivek shortly right behind that. If you look at the Q3 fundraising of DeSantis team, especially after Newsom as well, you got put in front of a lot of independents. That's going to be good for uh, DeSantis there. So people on the opposing side, and I'm going to get to Trump. And if you're watching on Rumble, I know there's a lot of Trump people out there. And I'm just asking you, give me one minute of your attention before you just tune me out because what a lot of people do. But I'll finish with DeSantis first. When it came to policy, he was on top. DeSantis is not charismatic. When you watch the Santas, do you see do you see charismatic? Do you see charisma? Not really. Not really. But, but if you see a progression, he's getting better. He's he getting is. the hang of it. He is. But the other part of it is I don't care. Right. Like I really don't care if he's up there doing all I don't care. Because I think Americans need to refocus on the policies. Because it was good under Trump to sit there and hear him say it's like you'd be in jail. It's like, well, you were campaigning on prosecuting a political opponent and by imprisoning them, which is kind of like, uh, that's a big no-no, but okay. But it was Hillary, so like, nobody likes Hillary. Even, even the Rumble guys, like, nobody likes Hillary. <laughs> Whatever. So when you've got someone like that, that is very charismatic, that gives the proverbial finger to the left, people rally behind that. They like that. But DeSantis doesn't really do that. Or excuse me, um, yeah, yeah, DeSantis doesn't do that very much. But the thing is, he hyper-focuses on policies. We've seen what he's done with Florida. It's like, look, I want that for America. I want to actually start winning again. We've taken massive losses after 2020. The midterms were nothing but a red puddle. We were promised so much by these polls. Where with the, the polls? I know everything is everything about the polls. Let me let me first argue something here to people. You had the Edmonds, Edmondson College out of New Hampshire, and they ran a poll November 13th. And this is what people become very focused on, and you don't realize you're being lied to. Uh, they did it. Every every political campaign does this. Uh, Trump talked about every, they call them suppression polls. They're polls that are there to essentially give you a, a warm and fuzzy that your guy's doing good or to essentially demoralize you and say, well, what's the point in voting? The polls are ahead. Evanston College did a poll up in New Hampshire prior to DeSantis. They were going after DeSantis on this one. Prior to DeSantis even starting to run ads in New Hampshire before he even talked about visiting there. And they took a poll and it was essentially that DeSantis was dropping in the polling there. Sounds horrible, right? New Hampshire has a population of 1.3 million. Any guess how many people they polled? Do you know how many people? They, I think you probably know because I talked about this before. Um, 917 people. Oh, wow. 917 people out of 1.3 million said DeSantis was dropping in the polls. Do you feel like that is accurate representation of a population? Now, here's the thing. 536.com, you go check the polls. Go see how many people these they're polling. CNN does it. Fox does it. Every single person out there does this. And you fall for this. 
Now, folks, we saw this polling for this great red tsunami. So it was the midterm elections. A lot of seats were up for grabs. And people were promised left and right, it's going to be a red tsunami. We're going to have a Republican takeover. And it didn't happen because the polling showed that we were just going to conquer and nobody went to go vote. But you know who did go vote? Democrats. Democrats went to go vote. Republicans got lazy. And also, we have to talk about candidates. We had Pennsylvania and you had Oz. Oz got beat by John Fetterman, who at the time was a vegetable. You got beat by a vegetable because Oz was also a gun grabber. So you talk about having these candidates go out there and these candidates are not rooted in constitutionality. They're rooted in this idea of kissing the ring of Donald Trump. Now, I don't care if you're left, center, right. It doesn't matter. There is no loyalty to any politician. I will not be loyal to Ron DeSantis. My loyalty first is to God and then secondly to the Constitution. That's it. That is it. So if you sit there and you say that you're not loyal to a man, you can just go piss up a rope. Because the idea of being loyal to any politician is what America got wrong. Stop being loyal, be loyal to the individual ideas of liberty and freedom, and then identify with the candidate that best represents them. And I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Trump attacked the Second Amendment. You can sit there and what if that all day? It's the truth. You went after bump stocks. You went after body armor. You went after certain types of ammunition. Do not sit there and tell me that is constitutionally sound. That is not. I cannot agree with that. On the same token, there are still red flag laws on the books in Florida. That wasn't Ron DeSantis. He also passed constitutional carry. But that is something that does need to be addressed. If we are going to be constitutionally sound as conservatives, we need to be culturally aligned and in unison. That means the trans agenda needs to be stood against, especially for children. The Second Amendment must be protected. And I have to add, there's this organization. It's called the National Rifle Association. They make Billions of dollars. Right. You know what they did when Trump went after bump stocks? Bump stocks? Nada. You did nothing. You are a worthless organization. I don't even know why. Like, my father was a big NRA guy back when Charles Heston was like, from my cold dead fingers. And look what you've turned into. A conglomeration of bureaucrats getting rich off the money of patriots that you have duped and lied to. The Second Amendment is the most crucial amendment there is because it protects the rest. You don't believe me? Look what's going on in China. Look what's going on over in Russia. You disarm the population. And what happens next? That's the issue that we have there. So I highly encourage you, forget the candidacies, forget their names. Look at the policies. Look what they are aligned themselves. And uh, where are we out on time? Or it's, oh, wow. Feels like we've been going for a while. But anyway, all I suggest is this. Look at the policies these candidates support. That's all I ask. And if you feel that a lot of people tell me that, I, I, I like Ron DeSantis. I just don't think he can beat Trump. Fair enough. Vote for DeSantis in the primaries if you can. And if he doesn't win, vote for Trump if that's what you want to do. I'll be the first one to tell you I respect anyone's position on who they want to vote for, but I do not like cultists because cultists appear on any political side. We see them in DeSantis camp. We see them in Trump camp. We see them in every camp. Cultists come with bad faith arguments. And ultimately, the only one that suffers is the Constitution. We have to stop making bad faith lies about this stuff. This nonsense is ridiculous. The amendments are there for a reason. The Constitution exists for a reason. And politicians, by and large, do not give a damn about this. What are they going to do? Look at the left. They violate every chance they get. The lockdowns were the most unconstitutionally things that we've seen in such a long time. And people seem for some reason to memory hold the idea of Operation Warp Speed. That Fauci, God King Emperor Fauci, endorsed how many hundreds of thousands of businesses got destroyed by this? How many businesses? How hard do we work at Shellshock? We've, I've launched Shellshock in 2019. You want to talk about having difficulty in this economy under Biden? 
of staying afloat, which God, thank God Almighty, we've done very well for ourselves and we continue to do so. But hundreds of thousands of small business owners, patriots no less, were destroyed under the name of safety. And the same patriots that vote for these people out of loyalty will be the first ones to pitch this cliche statement of Benjamin Franklin. Those that compromise or sacrifice, you know, safety for security deserve neither. And you turn around and you do it. And then when time comes to hold people accountable, suddenly you're just like Joe Biden. And you just, your memory hole it. And it's like, give me a kid to sniff. That's what you do. So I at least want to see some consistency in the conservative movement as far as aligning with constitutional values. I want to see Republicans actually grab their stones and do what they're elected to do. It's not that Republicans are bad. They're just dumb as far as our, Congress, our congressional representatives. From 2016 to 2018, we had the majority. We had control. And the biggest thing we talked about was social media censorship. Article 230 got brought before the people. And what happened? Ted Cruz drags up Zuckerberg before Congress, and we get a great little soundbite of like, oh, oh, we got him. We got Zuckerberg. What changed? Not a damn thing. Nothing changed. Conservatives were banned left and right. They were ostracized. They were fired. And then let's also look at this military right now. Oh, I'm going to, oh, it's rant time. Screw it. I served 13 years in this nation's military. I fought in Iraq and Afghanistan, did four and a half years. Let me tell you something. I got a rock son watching me right over here. He knows. He was 101st. When you sit here, the first thing, one of the first things that we are ingrained in is the acronym of leadership, loyalty, duty, respect. Uh, the, the list goes on. Selfless service, integrity, personal courage. Integrity being the, the main focal point, integrity and then loyalty. Loyalty to the army, loyalty to your battle buddy, loyalty to your country, loyalty to one another. When you've got a nation's military that showed loyalty, and by the way, of this military, a good chunk of them were combat veterans that are still serving, and you sit there and you kick them out for medical discrimination saying, I don't want to get this jab, and you're not giving me a choice. Men and women that I serve with, I was under fire with, you ended their careers. And then you come back, not even a month ago, and you say, oh, we're so sorry. Fair enough. Where was the loyalty then? Where was the integrity? Where was the intestinal fortitude to stand for what was right and defend those men and women that defended you overseas? It was nowhere, nowhere to exist. So I'm going to tell you this right now. Do not enlist in this military. Do not serve this administration. They don't deserve your service. Don't go and enlist to go fight in some foreign war that America has no business getting involved in. We were lied to about the war on terror. We lost a lot of good men and women for what? Where were the weapons? They didn't exist. But the thing is, though, it is what it is. We did a good thing. We, we brought each other home. We, we shed blood. We went as far as we could, only to come back and see the same military that we fought and loved turn its back on us. And folks, that's patriotism. It's not blind loyalty to a politician, to an administration. It's the concept and idea of freedom. That's why the stars and stripes, it's symbolic. It does not represent the state of the government like the BLM likes to think, who, by the way, I'm so happy to have the endorsement of the BLM. Marxist organization so great. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They burn down businesses and you tweet out law and order, law and order does nothing, nothing. So you'll excuse me. If I am sick and tired of seeing these politicians saying we're going to do this and nothing gets done, only after the fact, years later when it no longer matters. Conservatives, I'll end it with this, and I caution you. How many of you stood there and you screamed out, as you should have, about the clot shot? Athletes dropping dead on fields. Young 20-something-year-olds flopping. And we were all in unison saying, 
And I'm, I'm of the idea of medical freedom. If you want to get the jab, get the jab. I don't condemn people for doing it. I condemn the discrimination. I condemn forcing people. Milton Friedman talked about how with the FDA, there's always going to be guinea pigs. Abolish the FDA. We don't need them. When a new drug comes out, you'll have people just like the Kalacha that say, I'll take it. Let them be your guinea pigs. That's freedom to choose, which is what we should all align ourselves on. That idea. But when you've got the clot shot that we all rallied against and said, this is wrong, this is wrong. And then suddenly re-election comes up and the man that authored Warp Speed is running again, who will not take that debate stage, not the 2015 Trump, because I'm sorry, you sit there and you say that you're such a good campaign, debate. You're not the incumbent, debate. Because I want to see Trump get held accountable for all the nonsensical COVID that he supported. That's where I stand. You should be accountable. And there's a reason you sit there and in a debate with Gavin Newsom, Trump goes into this town hall and says, you know, Newsom did good, but he didn't have the facts. Explain that to me. How do you how do you do good without facts? You are siding with the enemy against our own. I understand political primaries are a very dirty business, but I think we have passed the Rubicon. We've crossed it to say we need to stop this infighting. And look, I've said this before. Had Trump not attacked DeSantis to the level he did, DeSantis would not be nearly as popular as he is now. Trump makes mistakes, mistakes that we cannot come back from. And I'm still waiting to hear on what's going to happen with the J6ers that were those that actually did not invade the Capitol, that were persecuted by the FBI and the likes. What's happening to them? Where was this fearless leader then? What's been done for these people? I've interviewed them on my show. Men that have ankle bracelets that cannot leave their house that cannot hold a job and make money, have no way to afford legal defense, are being prosecuted by the government. Where's Trump? Kamala Harris goes out and raises bail money for the BLM when the massive riots broke out in California. At least that harpy is out there supporting her own little Marxists. We see that. But I'm sorry. Loyalty? That's two ways, baby. That is two ways. I don't see it. I just don't see it. You can disagree with me. That's fine. I believe in everybody's right to an opinion, everybody's right to a voice, but don't sit there and tell me that I should blindly support any politician, especially on loyalty, when that loyalty has not been returned. I'll end it with that. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You got anything to add? She was just like, I'm, I'm here for fun. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for the debates. What are you looking forward for to most tonight? Uh, I just feel like to be in the arena and to see it live, I've always seen you just commenting or heard you commenting from the living room. So I just <laughs> It's like a football game. Yeah, I'm just excited. I mean, they're like, oh, got him. Yeah. yeah. You excited for that? Mm -hmm. This is our first debate. We've mm -hmm. actually never been to a debate together. So this is going to be a fun time. I want to give thank you for coming on, baby. I know I put you in the spot because yeah. she's she's nervous about this stuff. Hi, no, you're good. You're good. Um. I want to say thank you above all to the Rumble team for making this happen. You guys are unsung heroes over there. All of our, uh, our dudes behind the scenes making this happen. So God bless you. I want to say thank you to Rumble. I want to say to Chris, to all you guys for at least giving us a platform of free speech. I sincerely appreciate that. Like I said, I've been banned on so many platforms. I've been doing this for almost seven years. I believe in the cause of freedom. I believe in the cause of liberty. I don't see a lot of that being practiced right now. And I want us to go back to what this nation's founders wanted for us. 50 individual states operating individually, yet united under the beliefs of freedom, autonomous freedom. That's what we need to have. So you can check me out on the All-American Savage Show podcast. We're live Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. CST. Downloaded wherever podcasts are downloaded. We're starting a new thing now. Uh, our last episode, we talked about the enacting clause of the Constitution, the preamble. 
Uh, next episode, I believe we go back Friday. We're going to continue delving into the Constitution and learning together because I feel, above all, the reason that America is in this position now is because we have ignorant voters. We've got to educate ourselves on what our rights are, how Congress should operate, and when Congress goes above and beyond what it's legally obligated or what it can and cannot do, specifically Democrat politicians and some Republicans. Some, but we'll be honest on that one. So anyway, I love you. I appreciate you. Make sure you go check out shellshockcbd.com. Code Rumble saves you 20% off today. And I will be live tweeting tonight. On the debate, it's at John Burke 39 on Twitter. Look forward to that. Uh, to all my Twitter peeps, I love you. I know you're probably watching right now. God bless you. It's beautiful here in Alabama. Wonderful place. And until next time, you stay savage, America.